Well, hello there, Kansas City. Stephen St. John here with another episode of Hot Mike with SSJ. I'd like to thank uh, Patrick Carter, KCFarmersAgent.com. Go local. Go Patrick Carter. He loves the show. He loves you. He loves his clients. KCFarmersAgent.com. Patrick Carter, uh, not related to Clarence Carter. Also, CBD American Shaman for all your CBD needs, the vapes. The creams, the flour, the ever all of edibles, whatever you need. Caramel. C- caramels are delicious. CBD American Shaman. Go to a go to their website. Go to a location. Do it all. CBD American Shaman. Thank you very much as well. Uh, right now, I'd like to introduce uh, again sitting in as he does uh, from time to time with us, Todd Lebo who is fact checker and historian for Hot Mike with SSJ. And our guest this week is former Royals reliever and regular contributor on the Border Patrol, Mr. Jamie Bluma. Good morning, Jamie Bluma. How are you? I am wonderful. You are wonderful. Yes. And so, uh, again, you can listen to this uh, podcast. If you're listening to it right now on Spotify, then you know that. But Spotify... Apple Music, wherever you get your podcast or watch it. If you're listening and you want to watch it, you can uh, like and subscribe on YouTube. And uh, it's a lot of visual aids. money roll in. Yes. Line my pockets with your hard-earned cash. That's what I want. Cha-ching. So we've been doing a series now where we talk to some of our regular guests to try to get an origin story. We did it with Frank Bull that ended up being two segments long. It could have been four because he's very old. Yes. Nick Leckie had a lot of fun stories. That ended up being two segments. We might have to do two segments here. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how talkative you are. Okay. But the first thing is we have to take the training wheels off, and we got to get right to it. You, you show them the freedom of cursing into this microphone. If you'd like to fucking curse, Bloomer. I'm, I'm a curse. We're in the bullpen down here. Yeah, We're just some cur- guys come on. talking. Cuss, cuss I like this. to fucking cuss. There yeah. we go, Bluma. <laughs> I got to keep it together with ben, the kids, Ben, nothing that Ben loves more than when the guest cusses for the first time. Just it's pretend we're liberating. down there. It's the fifth inning of a game. We're mm-hmm. in the bullpen just shooting the shit, telling the story. Absolutely. That's yes. exactly right. So yes. let's start off. Uh, Jamie, because everyone knows you, everyone's heard you on the station. And so start, where are you from? I uh, was born in Beaufort, South Carolina. Beaufort, South Carolina. My dad, my dad was in the Marine Corps. Okay. Uh, so my older brother was born in Selma, Alabama on a base. I was born in Beaufort, South Carolina. What's that on a base, base called? Is oh, it got, is that's not shit. Fort Hood, Texas. What has it got a name? Uh, you know what? You I should know this, shouldn't you? I right. should. This that's is all right. fucking embarrassing. That's all right. Yeah, that's all right. So, so you were born. So how yeah. long were you there for? Not very long. And then we moved to uh, Illinois. After uh, Vietnam, my dad ended up going back to the University of Nebraska and getting a petroleum engineering degree. Mm-hmm. And we ended up, he ended up in just outside of Chicago, a small suburb of Chicago, Lockport. Okay. And uh, he was working for Texaco, and that's where my younger brother was born. Mm-hmm. There. So, so then, we were how old are you? The place. So how old are you in Illinois? You're little, okay. Yeah. All right. Little. And then we moved from there because of the oil business and all that stuff to Duncan, Oklahoma, when I was in kindergarten. And here we go. So yes. then you're in Oklahoma. Yeah. So when we were there from kindergarten through my freshman year in high school, which was '87, my older brother had graduated from Duncan, Oklahoma. And then we moved from Duncan, Oklahoma, to Owasso, Oklahoma, which is where I subsequently Is that graduated. what you, when people say, where are you from, what do you say? 
That's where I graduated high school. Owasso. Yeah, Owasso. Yeah. yeah. And you're not the only major leaguer from Owasso. Who else is it? No, there's actually four. I was the first, uh, and then following me was Pete Cosma. Right. I made it to the big leagues with the Cardinals, playing the World Series with the Cardinals. Uh, and then Brian Flynn, former left-handed reliever uh, for the Royals and a few other teams. He actually went to Wichita State as well. We'll cover that later on. Um, and Dylan Bundy, uh, who's still in the league right now. So what were so what were your interests when you were a young boy? Were you always a baseball player? Did you play football, other sports? What did you do? I uh, played played football up until my freshman year. We moved we moved when I was a freshman, uh, like I said, and then I mean football wasn't going to be my gig. I didn't like practicing five times to play one effing game, right? Uh, and didn't like football that much. So once we left high school, once we left Duncan and moved to Owasso, uh, football was done. And for for whatever reason, I and I thank my parents for this. It seemed like we were always in a home that was on a cul-de-sac, so we kind of had a built-in baseball field all the time. I don't know if that was by by accident or whatever. And uh, so we always had a place to kind of practice and stuff and throw in the yard. And Dad was an athlete in high school, not necessarily a a one sport. He was more of a sprinter, actually. He held the state record in the 100 well, way back when oh, in rural Nebraska. Yeah, small school. Uh, so he was a good athlete and obviously a Marine and a, and a soldier and all that stuff, too. So, so. what did you run the 100 in? Uh, I was a track. <laughs> I mean, when we were younger, we did all that. You know, you did the presidential physical sure, yeah, yeah, test right. and all yeah, that I never, stuff. I never and then passed we did, that. Uh, so I was a little chubby kid, so I didn't run the 100. Not so, so bad. Chubby adult, so, so, so for people, uh, Owasso is Tulsa-ish. Yes, north, right. just north, north, 10 minutes it, north of Tulsa. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, Duncan it's, is about an hour and 15 minutes south of Oklahoma City. Right, so it's just kind of down there. But uh, Owasso, yeah. I mean, it's like as far as big city goes, you're you're close to Tulsa if you yeah. want to go do it's something. It's a bigger city now. Yeah. I mean, 25, oh, it's, it's 30 grown years a bunch, later. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's we a drove through it when Richie played down in Tulsa. We yeah. got, I text. I Sit you absolutely, yeah. It's some nice pictures now. I mean, there's even been talk I've heard about a few schools on each side of the state in Oklahoma going to 7A, right? And there'll be like four schools right, in 7A, and they just battle yeah, each other. So, for when it. did you start firing this fucking baseball around? And, and, and you think, okay, this kid's a real good baseball player, this kid's a this kid's a pitcher. So, I, I wasn't, I was always a, a position player too. I mean, I was a decent catcher, I'm more built like a catcher, obviously, than I was a pitcher. Uh, but I played third base, pitched, I was a pretty good hitter. Uh, older brother had walked on at Wichita State, uh, so that kind of was an option. Nobody kind of really knew a ton about Wichita State growing up in Oklahoma. Uh, you watched a little bit of the College World Series because my parents were from Nebraska, so we were aware of the College World Series because they were born and raised in a small town just outside of Omaha, uh, Arlington. So we knew of the College World Series and had gotten to go do that, and Wichita State had gone in 82, you know, with Joe Carter and some of those guys back then. Uh, and then my older brother wasn't a great prospect, but – uh, was a good enough student and a good enough athlete walked that on. he walked on, you know. And, and so did he to, get to play some? In aerospace engineering, that was the thing. Right. I mean, Wichita with aerospace engineering, yeah, he ended up winning a national championship. So that was a crazy thing. And he came in with uh, some guys looking back, Eric Wedge and P.J. Forbes, and, you know, guys ended up making it to the major leagues. And that started the run down in Wichita, I mean, from 86, his freshman fall, through my – younger brother's senior year which was 99 we'll go into a little bit of that so you're all wichita State, all three of us yeah well, when did you so, start pitching so how old were you so i pitched all along and then i, I think more my senior year uh in in high school it, that was kind of the thing that it, it was pretty evident that i was a better pitcher than i was a hitter uh, obviously the guys at wichita state man i'd gone up there for hitting camp and all that stuff and their line back then was well 
you know, thank you for your donation for right. camp because your your check didn't bounce. Thanks for coming to hitting camp. But so then, what happened? Like all of a sudden, your senior year, you just blossomed. You start throwing senior harder, year, or I, what? Uh, I mean, I, I was always had a good arm, and it was. I mean, I wasn't a '95 guy like everybody is now, but I had good, a good command. And there was there was three of us in the in the Tulsa area. One was Jeremy Hammontree from Sperry, uh, Ryan Whitaker from Tulsa Union, and myself. We were kind of the three dudes and. Uh, it was always fun battling against those guys, and had a really good senior year, and made made all state. And then, I mean, I was still five foot eleven and and two hundred pounds, so I wasn't a hugely recruited guy. I had taken a, a a trip to KU. Damon Gardner, a kid that I had played oh. high school ball with, had actually gotten offered a full ride by KU and ended up going to Mississippi State, which was, I mean, obviously that was the place to go back then. Thunder and Lightning with Palmero and Will Clark. Mississippi State was the deal. So. So he had gotten offered from KU, and then I was kind of an afterthought at Wichita State. Um, and so I was. they offered me 10%. I was like, well, you know, Wichita State's good. My brother's there. They're mm-hmm. going to win. They just won a national championship. You know, I'll take it. So I ended up going in with Darren Dreifert and Shane Dennis, and we'll talk about all the other guys. And I was so, like, man, that's an opportunity for me. I don't think people quite understand, like, nobody gets a full-ride scholarship for baseball hardly. How many? Like, you get 12.7? No, so 11.7, 11.7, actually. Yeah, there's only 11.7 scholarships for 30. Well, now it's 33. Back then there was even more. There wasn't really the roster restrictions that how, there are how now. How they in arrive at 11? So it used to be be 13, Mm -hmm. and then my senior year, they cut back 10%. So there's your 1.3. Right. uh, And that's how it ended up at 11.7. So the the coach dibbies up. He says, you know, we like Bluma. We'll give you 10%. Now, if they get some guy who's who's like some stud, maybe they'll give you 50. Or they kind of look and say – you're bright. We can get you a little academic bit, too. And Your parents what, have a job. They, the, the math that these college coaches go through is fucking insane. It is, and it's a fucking Rubik's Cube on how to figure out who gets what and, and make it all work and everybody be happy. Darren Dreifer, who ended up being the second pick in the draft, was my freshman class, and he wasn't even the highest scholarship guy. There was a guy named John Llewellyn mm-hmm. who went to Wichita East, and he hurt his shoulder for a week and hit left-handed and hit four home runs and just crazy <laughs> shit like that. You know, it was like a legend back then, and he's a guy that just didn't really pan out at Wichita State. Gene kind of got in his brain a little bit, and he was tough. Gene Stevenson, the head coach there, legend. Uh, he was a negative, positive, negative guy, so he's gotten your ass. I mean, if he didn't like what he was saying, he was going to get in your shit and, and, and expect the most out of you. Same with our pitching coach. Uh, Brent Kimnitz, a legendary guy there too, and that was did that was guys, the expectation. Did you guys talk and say, "Listen, I've only got ten percent." And looking at this, this guy's getting forty percent. He fucking sucks. Did you guys talk amongst that? No, we really I mean, did. Did people's parents go like, you know, we really could help us a little here, Jamie, if you got a little more money from the school? You know, nobody ever really knew what was going on because nobody knew who got what as far as academic stuff. Who was the right. smarter guy? I mean, well, you know who's smarter. Well, we we you knew. Know, who are the dumbest guys on your team? Go ahead and say their names. Uh, my my freshman <laughs> class, we had some smart dudes actually. Um, was there anyone there was some, dumb as a fucking rock? Yeah, we had like, some dumb know. ones in the next class. Yeah. <laughs> Joel, yeah, we had Joel Bradbury and oh, some no. guys in the next. Like, why? Give, give us the example of of his stupidity, please. Well, we, he, I mean, you can't make a two zero for the love of God. <laughs> hey, don't, co- Steven, you know? don't get Stevens grades out. No, no. In, in college, it was fine. Okay, high school there was high school much harder. No, well, that was that, that was, was kind not. of the thing too. I mean, from from my parents' standpoint, the expectation was, 
you know, we got to foot the bill for whatever you're not getting yeah. money wise. So you, you by you, God, better you have that's good right. And, and that whole and that was the expectation. And I'll tell a funny story. Both my older brother and my younger brother were academic all Americans. Mm-hmm. I graduated college with a three three, so I was not you a dumbass. Got, but, actually, but I actually left my apartment, which was cool. So right, I don't so think those two my brothers ever left their apartment. <laughs> so, so when did you? So you're, you're there. When did you become uh, a, a star in Wichita State? Uh, I don't, a star was tough. Oh, you were a no, fucking no, no. star. It was funny. About halfway through my freshman year, we had a senior closer named Morgan LeClaire, uh, and he kind of spit the bit on a game, and I got a chance to go in and close. I think it was against Minnesota. But against Ryan LeFever, possibly. Your fr- so freshman year, right? So halfway through my freshman year, I got an opportunity to close a game. I'd never done that before. You know, you're not a closer in high school. So this guy had Everybody gotten the, the negative from Gene. He's like, you're out. Uh, you know what? Let's he, put the kid in. But yeah. that seems yeah. like one of the, I mean, you're a freshman, and you, you're he's so going to give you a chance to close? Wichita State, you, you had an opportunity to contribute if if you prove that you could, you know, right, right out of the gate. And we, I, Darren Driver was contributing. Shane Dennis, we ended up being an All-American. His dad pitched in the big leagues, Don Dennis, for the Cardinals. It was nice because we actually got a chance. As good as we were going in, I mean, they had already been to the College World Series in 88. They had been to the College World Series and won it in 89. They didn't go in 90. This is 91. You're so there was an expectation with all the guys that we had that were, you know, the juniors and seniors and the Doug Mirabellis and the Chris Wimmers. I mean, we had a good all of us freshmen. We're just hoping we get a chance to play. To and be, then you get to be put in a game. What happened? And I and I so the funny thing was, is I always warmed up. I always had my hat on backwards in college. And so the first time I got to come into a game, I forgot to turn my hat. Oh, shit. So I'm warming up in the bullpen with my hat on backwards. I'm like, oh, shit. Coming into the game, I flip my hat around. So that kind of ended up being a deal. Right. So. Oh, a superstition uh, moving forward. It was. And so turns out that I ended up being the closer the rest of that thing. And we, we did some fun things. Bullpen guys are idiots, man. We, we were trying to pass the time. And Steve Smith, who was a senior from Canada, uh, and some of us down there in the like we had a we had a toad we found a toad in the bullpen and we and we put a leash on it and we had Hoppy, you know it was our little pet toad. It's like we, the fucking yeah. rally mantis. Oh right. fuck, man! And it was and so that was fun and that was a you know and we're all having well, fun. What and, happened the first and, game you closed? So, oh, I mean, I ended up getting a save against okay, right. Minnesota, and then the, that was kind of my so that was it. So now I'm the closer. You're the I get closer. So I'm. And it was great because Darren Dreifert was also a reliever, so we and had, he would also hit like oh eight hundred foot homers. Not then, and shit. not as a freshman. But, but I wasn't. No, but I forgot to ask you: Were you were you drafted out of high school? I was not. Okay, no. so it was. No. There was no decision. Wichita State. No decision whatsoever. Now you get any? Did you? But was there any interest from Oklahoma State? Obviously, it was a big program. No, Oklahoma State didn't really recruit Oklahoma kids. That was the whole thing. They big tried California to get you guys from California. And my other option was to go. Vern Rule was a pitching coach at OU back then, mm-hmm. and I really liked him. Stan Meek was the head coach. That was my fallback option. If I didn't take the ten percent at Wichita State, I was going to walk on at OU. Right. So this is an important thing. We've I got to ask. use this fallback. It's this fallback. Well, this is a very important Fuck thing. You, you grew up over there in Owasso. Um, you probably love the Tulsa Golden Hurricane. I don't know, but late in that baseball. Are you a Sooner or a Cowboy fan? Mm. I'm a Husker. I know, but listen. If you had to, if since, <laughs> if when they, when they were playing and if all your fucking no. show, I would be an Oklahoma guy before that's I. Be, that's all. Ain't ain't no more no fuck. He's no, a no, Nebraska no, guy. No, no, no. no and, and here's fuck and here's Oklahoma, why. He said. Because Oklahoma State was really good in baseball too, and it was Gary Ward and Tom Holliday and Robin Ventura and Pete and Cavilia yeah. and all those guys. Well, Robin Ventura was the shit in well, college. Well, was the shit. Yeah, but college. him, you know, Pete and Cavilia, yeah. the shit. Me, he was better than Robin Ventura. You know, back they then. never did. They never fucking won at all. Never. And so wow. we hated 
Oklahoma State as Wichita State because it always came down to in the Midwest who was going to host that regional, right? And it was always between Oklahoma State and us, yeah. And so there was we probably had more guys on our Wichita State roster from Oklahoma than Oklahoma State did, right? Because Gene is from Oklahoma mm-hmm. and Brent Kimnitz is from Oklahoma. So they get the guys. So they really recruited Oklahoma hard back in the day. Joey Jackson, another freshman, he was from Guthrie. Gene's from Guthrie. Uh, Brent's from Perry. I mean, we had some dudes. And I'll remind you, we Braden Looper, remember that name? Another you know, Oklahoma this, guy. You know, not every podcast has to be He's about from fucking Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yeah. But it doesn't yeah. have to be so the University of Oklahoma. I like it. Yes. You can talk about the state. But yeah. Yeah. And I'll remind uh, you that Oklahoma won the College World Series in 1994, not Oklahoma Well, let's talk about that, too, because they beat our ass. It happens. Yeah. Ryan and Damon Miner. Okay. Hosted those guys on the recruit. Ryan Miner was a good Oklahoma. basketball player. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Ryan so Miner, he got drafted. The, he, he's the answer to the trivia question. So tell me. Who replaced Cal Ripken Jr. There the you go. How many, <laughs> Ryan Miner. How many College World Series did you pitch in? Uh, three. 91, okay. 92, 93. Okay. So take us through. The, so, so All right. So 91. Right. Freshman. Pitching my ass off, doing good. We host a regional. Now we got Hoppy the Frog. All right, we win our regional. This frog lived. Did the, he stay the toad, out there? The toad, we lost it. It, okay. it, it escaped. Okay. Somehow. I mean, it was he hopped really, away. Probably. Yeah, it was some serious security issues. <laughs> right. We lost Hoppy. So the funny thing was, is now Baseball America and Lou Pavlovich gets a hold of this, or Collegiate Baseball. And oh my man, the bloom of this crazy dude in the bullpen. He's got animals and all this. So my mom, my mom and, and oh yeah. So I ended up having a plastic frog in my hat, and then I created an entire ecosystem like in the in Omaha at when we were practicing one day in crazy. Can you imagine the so NIL we, possibilities for this guy? Oh my god, it's now? crazy. So I still have some stuff. I wish I had pictures of it. Some Pet food art, stores articles on the you know from Collegiate Baseball magazine, right? And I always this was, was the good College World Series back in the day, Rosenblatt. When Rosenblatt it was a party, Stadium, yeah, not all corporate and shit. Awesome, it was just awesome. Yeah, it was it was something else, man. And and to have gotten to see my older brother play in a couple of them, and now to go, I mean, that was like being in the big leagues before you even knew anything about being in the big leagues, man. So here you. Being in Omaha, you had Ray Knight doing the broadcasts mm-hmm. on television, and I um, mean, it was it was something else. And to to go from sitting in the stands watching your brother to you being the guy, uh, something else. And so all of this hype about this freshman crazy dude, and we went out there and just kicked some ass, and we made it all the way to the national championship game. So against two, that was against LSU. So that was Lyle Mouton and. Uh, Todd Walker wasn't there yet. He ended up being there in 93. Armando Rios, who ended up making it to the big leagues with the Giants. Mm-hmm. Um, they beat us, man. They beat us 5-3 to three in a tough game in the National Championship game. And I, th- I ended up facing I- – I pitched that game, I know, and finished that game, but we lost. Uh, did you pitch three. well? I did. So that was one of my stats. Fast forward th- after playing in three College World Series and – Postseason and play. We're not I think forward in this yet. Well, no, I think so. I think one of the stats was right. you're the fact checker. I think 18 and a third total postseason innings. I gave up one run, and it was my last outing, my senior year. I hit Jay Payton of Georgia Tech with the bases loaded to drive in a run. I'm still pissed I was even in that game because we were losing. Okay, so so that then was a senior. You lost your, your first College World Series, LSU 5-3 to three in the championship yep. game. So then what happened in College World Series number two? So number two was probably the best team that I was on at Wichita State. All of us freshmen that had done good, now we're sophomores. We've got a good incoming class um, with, with, with guys. And uh, Doug Mirabelli's a junior. Chris Rimmer's a returning All-American. Scott McLuhan, if you remember that name, he used to be the, the GM of the Washington Redskins, was actually our third baseman. Uh, his brother... 
uh, played at Colorado. I mean, we just had some talent. Jason White, I can go up and down the lineup. Um, and we lost both games in Omaha. We just the, the draft always happened right during the College World Series at that time. It fucked things up. So it was I kind never of understood I mean, that shit. So was... I remember watching Ben McDonald pitch in the College World Series in 1988. He was the overall one. Yeah, one. He, he, got he was like six Miami foot eight, pitched like yeah. shit, man. And all the guys that 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 got drafted really good never seemed to do well at the College World Series. Um, one of the cool things, Rebind, back to 1991, we actually faced Creighton. Creighton's the host school, obviously. Uh, they ended up having six or seven guys end up making it to the major leagues on their team. Jim Hendry was their head coach. Uh, that was an epic battle. You can still get on YouTube. Our center fielder, Jim Audley, threw a guy out at home plate that was the tying run in the 12th inning. Just amazing. It got uh, rated one of the top uh, college baseball games of all time. Um, I can pull that video up at some point. Who'd you, you lose know. in the, the senior second crop? So 92, we, the first time, the uh, first game we played was against Pepperdine. If you remember, Patrick Ahern ended up making it to the big leagues. He was the guy that had patterned himself after Oral Hershiser. Mm-hmm. So he looked just like him, all the same mannerisms mm-hmm. and stuff. And, and Patrick Ahern shoved it up our ass and we lost. Whoa. So we got beat by them. And then uh, I think it was my, maybe Mark Redman from Oklahoma mm-hmm. ended up beating us, I think, the second game uh, in 92, and that was it. So we're, we get to Omaha. We're there four days. We lost two games, and we go home. Like, go home what about oh, your... shit. I mean, and then all of our juniors had gotten drafted, and they were kind of pissed where they got drafted, and that's why we ended up losing game two. Yeah, like, so were you, you were a sophomore? So I was a sophomore. Okay, so Couldn't then get drafted. Next year, your, get drafted, your junior yeah. year? I see Wichita State over Arizona State 4-3 to three in the first game. The, in, in, your, in 92? In your, no, your junior year, 93. 93. Was that the first game? Man, yeah. I, you are the fact checker. And then I see you beat Texas 7-6. to six. Yep, I pitched that game. That was uh, uh, Texas. Yeah, that, they had Braxton Hickman, and they had, uh, they had, they had some players. Then you, Alvin then Murray. you beat the shit out of the Cowpokes. Yeah, we 10 did. 10-4. That's fun to beat them in Omaha. Yeah? Oh, yeah. And then we don't, LSU beat you mm. guys, shut you out. So junior year, uh, having a great season. That's when Darren Dryford. I remember we did not host that year. Oklahoma State hosted the regional. Uh, we ended up having to go on the road for the first time for a regional. So we went to Georgia Tech. So we're at Georgia Tech. Well, that team at Georgia Tech was Nomar Garcia Parra. Never heard of him. Uh, Jason Veritek Never and Jay Payton. Uh, so we have <laughs> to go down there and play in that regional. And But you handle it. So crazy's other story, Greg Brummett, who was the MVP of the, of the 89, 89 or, National yeah, Championship yeah. team, had made his major league debut while we were down there for the Giants against the Braves. So and we you, got you, to go to that oh, game. Oh, you went to the game. So That's we got awesome. to go to that game, yeah. So we and so we're like, shit, man, we're gonna go beat the hell out of and we did. So we ended up winning that regional. Darren Dryford at that point was DHing when he mm-hmm. wasn't pitching. He ended up hitting between the Valley Tournament, the Regional, and the College World Series. He had eleven home runs in the postseason. So he had eleven in the regular season, and he had eleven in the postseason. So it, he ended up just carrying us on his back. And so we make it to Omaha. Um, we, again, crush through the bracket and beat whoever we beat. And then here we are again, national championship game. Who are we playing? Now, this LSU. Was, this was back this was then. This was 1993. So you, it's one game there. So no matter what you did on both sides of the bracket, you, it, was a, it was a one. one yeah, game. It wasn't one a best two out of three day. like it is now. And, and regionals so, were different, too. So you had, you had uh, eight 16 regionals mm-hmm. instead of regional and then super regional like it is so now. You, Play yeah, a little so, yeah, thing. round robin. It, it, it's different. I mean, they've, they've always tried to find a way to make college baseball work and make it better. I don't know what the right way to do it is. I, I kind of like getting to the end now and having two out of three. Sure. It's really tough to have one game in a fucking baseball. Yeah. Well, what happened in the one game against so, the State to nothing. 
So we started a freshman, uh, Travis Wyckoff, uh, for us, a uh, pr- really good freshman. And then they started Brett Laxton, if you remember that mm-hmm. name. So Brett was a freshman at LSU, and, man, he shoved it up our ass. He struck out 14, I think, in the National Championship game. I don't even know if we got a guy past second base. Uh, just a great performance by him. And so there was the worst feeling in the world is to go back out on the first baseline and get another second-place trophy uh, in Omaha, and that's probably the only time I've really ever lost my composure on the field. Is I took my second place trophy and frisbeed into the dugout. Did you throw dugout. it like the into yeah. bad news bears? Broke you it into, threw it in the I, dugout. I threw it from the first baseline into the dugout and broke it into about fifteen pieces. Did you pick it up? Yeah. Uh, no. Did you I take any shit for that? Did, I did. Yeah, I took plenty of shit for that. What? what, what so you you yeah, get I it and you just me. fucking throw it? I did. Like man, losing the second again? Yeah, because you'd you'd, this. you'd done this and you'd already now <laughs> the way that the draft worked. You got drafted. In 93, had you been drafted before? Or had I had not, not been drafted before. So right after uh, the, the Houston Astros drafted me in the seventh round, and so now i got to go home and make a decision. I had just had an amazing junior year. I mean, Dreifert was the second pick. I ended up being a seventh rounder by Houston. Shane ended up getting drafted somewhere. So you made it fr- freshman, sophomore, junior year to the – College World Series. To the champion so, – so, <laughs> so when did you game. make in the championship game? 91 and 93. Freshman, freshman year, junior year. Yeah. So, then, so junior year is when you get drafted by the Astros. So I go 6-1 and one with like a one-something ERA and, and you know, 10 or 12 saves. Like, I can't pitch any better. Like, I'm going to sign. I'm going to – I'm going. Seventh round. Yeah. This is old, crazy fucking aluminum bats, too. Yes. It's in the shit now. It's dangerous no. ass throwing yeah. these aluminum bats back then. Oh, my God, man. So yeah. then you get drafted. You say you go home to make the decision. What What are they offering so, you? So I sit down with Bill Kelso. You know Kelso from the Northland. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the area cross-checker. Chuck Edmondson was my area scout, and Chuck was his boss. Or uh, Bill was his boss. I remember sitting down with... Gene Stevenson and Bill Kelso, they were old friends from back in Oklahoma uh, and playing days because I, I think Bill might have played – Gene played at Missouri. They knew each other from, we'll say, World War II. I don't know. Um, and so the negotiations are pretty good. I was going to get, you know, X amount of dollars, 50 grand, 65, I think, plus four semesters of school because I wanted to have school paid oh. for and all that kind of stuff. And I was a good student, so I wanted to make sure that was all covered. So we finished dinner. Uh, that was all good. Uh, got up the next morning. I get a phone call from Chuck, and Chuck's like, "Well, I found out that we can't we can't cover all four semesters of school. We can only cover two. That's good. Uh, that's that's what we can do." I said, "Well, that's fine. You know, throw me ten thousand dollars on the other side so I can pay for school, whatever." And then, and then they said, "No," and I'm like, "So really? you're you're actually offering me less money today, right, than, than you, you did yesterday? That's not really how negotiations are supposed to go, right?" And this is frustrating. So, meanwhile, Darren Dryford isn't going to sign because he's the second pick. He's going to wait. And Shane Dennis isn't going to sign because he's trying to get more money, too. So, I, I get to talking. We know Darren's going to end up signing. So, he's obviously this not coming back. This is in the days where you had until the Well, there day was before. also draft and follows as yeah, well. Yeah, and you could, you could sign up until like the day before the next year's draft. Correct. This wasn't like, I think it's a great rule now. Make your shit decision get it done. by August 15th or yep. whatever. Yep. The, the Royals had that. Remember Jeff Austin? Yeah. I think it was oh, like it was the fucking last day. Yeah. It was, it was like he had been a draft pick for like 363 days, and he finally signed. Right. So this is tough stuff back then because your, your life has to fucking go on. Well, yeah. So I, I'm, in, I'm in Wichita at the time. I have the meeting. Now, now I'm pissed. Like, what the f- so I called my parents. Your I parents are like, fuck these so guys. I drove they back for to, school. So I drove back to Owasso, 
And Kimnitz, my pitching coach, calls me and says, hey, I think Chuck Edmondson got wind that you're heading back home. He's follow- he's trying to beat you to your parents' I'm house. I'm talking about draft and follow. He's following your ass down there. <laughs> so I get home, and I tell my mom and dad I'm going to a buddy's house. Act like you never saw me here at the house, and Chuck's going to come to the house. Well, Chuck pissed my parents off by telling them that he didn't think school's important anyway, and he needs to sign and be a professional baseball player. And so that's not gonna well, that fucking didn't help. And then yeah. now, like, mom and dad are pissed, and they don't now they don't like Chuck. Fuck Houston. And I'm like, you know what? I didn't want to wear white shoes anyway in the minor leagues. So fuck Houston. Houston. So I, so Dreifert and I talk, and I go up to Alaska to play college summer ball in Alaska. Great experience. Uh, my Is that where you live with a family? And yes, absolutely. Know, Host families stuff. and all awesome. that stuff. Steve Arfa was my roommate from the University of Arizona. Still keep in touch with him to this day. Um, and Those are and fun summers. Awesome summer. So finds out, we get to there. We have a center fielder named Rolando Avila, who was the Astros' 13th pick out mm-hmm. of L.A. Harbor Junior College. And they're kind of screwing with him, too. So we got the Astros' seventh rounder, me, and the 13th rounder. And we got Dreifert playing for us. And we got Brett. Sitting in Alaska. Man, we got J.D. We got a good team. So so ended up four of us on that team ended up making it to the big leagues. Um, so I have a good summer. Pitch my ass off. We we're going to come back and play in the NBC tournament, which is kind of the end of the summer College World Series for the summer, back in Wichita, Lawrence Dumont Stadium. And I'm kind of ex- – man, I pitch my ass off. I think I'm going to come back, and Houston's going to offer me a buttload more money. They don't even talk to me. They didn't even talk to you. Not but Dreyfer no. did sign. Dreyfer ends up signing for uh, one point, yeah, 1. 1.4 back then. Back in I mean, the it day. was Alex Rodriguez first. Darren Dreifert second with the Dodgers. Mariners obviously picked first. Dodgers picked. It was up to the last second who was going to go one one, whether it was Dreifert or A Rod. So then you go. Um, so then you. So you then I ended up sitting down. Shane Dennis and I and, and Joey Jackson and I was like, "Fuck it, let's man, let's go to the College World Series four times in a row." Right. Because we we would have a decent team and some right. good incoming freshmen, Braden Looper and some other guys, Nathan Reese from here, and so we had a good team again. So that was the thing. I, and Brent Kimnitz is like, I remember him looking at me right in his eye in his office. He's like, "This is the pitching coach." Yes, he said, "Don't you fuck with me." Are you, you coming are back you or coming not? Back? I said, you know what? I'm coming back. Yep. yep. So you guys come back. Let's come back. And then the storybook, storybook ending is? Well, the, 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 there's no storybook <laughs> ending. It's that. actually, man, I'm throwing my I'm, – I'm, you know, the thing is about getting drafted as a, as a junior and not signing. When you go back for your senior year, you automatically know that you're going to get a bucket of chicken and right. a plane now, ticket. Right. Now you're because, not the belt of the ball anymore. Right. I mean, and so – Because you ain't got no choice. What weird thing had happened, though – Jimmy Walker, not Dynamite, but Jimmy Walker from Nickerson that pitched at Kansas mm-hmm. had been a non-drafted junior, and the Orioles had drafted him in the third round his senior year. That had happened the year before. So you're like, hey, maybe it and could so happen. And I'm like, man, it could happen again, I guess. Yeah. You know, let's try it. So I'm having a great senior year. We're playing good. We host. Um, and then I kind of pitch like shit in the Valley Tournament. I gave up a couple runs. Now I'm like, well, who's I'm in the screwed. valley then? So back then it was baseball. Missouri State, right? Well, South, Southwest Missouri State at the yeah. time. Bradley, uh, Northern Iowa was in the was in the valley by then. Uh, Bradley, um, Illinois State, mm-hmm. uh, Creighton, it's good um, baseball. Indiana State. They had a couple guys. Bob Warren, that was their manager. Uh, Casey Witten. They always had some good dudes. So. Uh, it was always kind of us and Creighton at that time, and the Missouri State got pretty good. So you play in the Valley Tournament, and you, you don't need to win it to go to the college, to go to the NCAA's. No, no, there's no the automatic bid type thing right. back then. So we ended up hosting a regional, and we're the number one seed in the regional, and we win the regional. Uh, we don't win the regional. Well, guess who comes calling? Georgia Tech gets sent to our regional. Right. Like, ah, oh, shit. Now that's the same guys. So they had been sophomores the year before. You guys had beaten them. And yeah, so here comes Veritech, Peyton. And uh, Garcia Parra. Yeah, so they whooped our ass in our own region. And then it's over. And that's it. And I'm like, well, I just had a shitty 
last couple weeks of my senior year. But um, are you still property of the Astros here? So you could, but they haven't even fucking nah, talked to you I'm, since I'm forever. done with that You've shit. shut the door yeah. on them. Bye-bye. So you then should. when's the next draft? Two days uh, later. Yeah, okay, what days. happens? Take us through Two that. days later. So um, back then it wasn't, you know, it's not on TV. No, I remember you, so I used you, to you, dial you, into these things. You, <laughs> would, you, would, you could dial in and listen to it in, in the media a little bit after this. This was, it wasn't your draft, but you would call in, and it would just be this thing. The guy would go, and the Kansas City Royals select player number 648948, no. Up oh, next, is it, it, it would right. take one second apiece. They ain't know nothing on but it. But going so, into this, what were your expectations? None. Like, I think I just blew my chance to be a top 10 round pick. Okay. And I'm going to just go, whoever drafts so no me, I'm going to go. You, no one's nothing, talked to you. No one's talked to you. Not really. The Minnesota Twins, because Mike Ruth, who lives here, was at least, you know, good to our seniors and, and kind of like, hey, man, we love you guys. A good pro. So you don't sit no down guarantee. to watch fucking draft day. Can't, you can't. You ain't looking on the smartphone. There ain't nothing. You're just going about your day. I don't where even are, think so I was at home. I don't, we did before cell phone days. Okay. I mean, I'm probably at Tanner's and Only Wichita people or whatever. Only cell phones were drug dealers. Right, so right. So then how do you age? So, so I get age. home and there's a uh, there's a message on my, hey, this Old is. Old school machine. Yeah. yeah. Beep. <laughs> this is uh, this is Ken Gonzalez with the Kansas City Royals. I'm here to tell you that we drafted you in the third round. Like you've got oh, to be shitting me. Like okay, so Dave Hickerson, who was the head coach at Valley Center, uh, I knew him because Mike Drumright at Wichita State, who ended up subsequently being a first rounder, he was a bird dog associate scout for the Royals, and so. They come to my house, and uh, we're going to sit down, and we're going to get this thing done. And uh, Ken Gonzalez, Dave Hickerson, and myself are sitting in my apartment in Wichita. And Ken Gonzalez looks me right in the eye and tells me, son, you I don't, you realize this, but you, you are going to pitch in the big leagues. Like, we think that much of you. That's why we drafted you where we drafted you. Uh, we're going to put you right in the system as a closer. You're going to continue to do the same thing that you just did at Wichita State. I wanted to draft you the year before. We had to pick after Houston in the seventh round. We were going to take you, and we didn't. So I'm not missing my opportunity uh, to draft you now. Our first-round pick I, subsequently was Matt Smith that year from Grants Pass, Oregon. And number two was Jed Hansen from Stanford. So And then I was third. So and Tim Burdak and Jose Rosado were in that draft as well. Do you know any other guys in the third round of the Major League Baseball draft? I'm looking it up right now. That year? Yeah. Oh, man, I did it. There were some point. good ones. A.J. Przinsky. Oh, yeah, I was a pick after him, him wasn't I? Aaron, you're a little that. bit after. Yeah. Aaron Boone was picked yeah. then. Well, no, Scotty yep. Pudsednik Scott was Pudsednik. also picked yep. then. Yeah. But then there's also some other dudes who just no one's ever heard of. It's a hard deal, man. <laughs> it's crazy. People don't fucking get how hard it is to get drafted, even if you're in the third round. And find your Even way. Even if you're in the first, first round. round, to find your way through uh, making it to the majors. Well, just we'll listen get to, to that the guys you talked about that got drafted ahead of you and in behind you. you right, know, right. So how much do they offer you, or so how they, does that go? So crazily, they they offered me the same amount that Houston had offered me the year before. As a senior, I, I was shocked. Right, because you and thought so, you were going to get thousand dollars, five thousand bucks, and a ticket to Eugene, Oregon. You know, that's what I thought I was getting. And so, no, they they offered me sixty five, fifty, or sixty five. I can't remember exactly which. And I'm ecstatic. Like, yeah, I'm going to say, hey, yeah. can I get seventy five? No. Like right. yes. at this point, do you need more school money, or did you graduate? I was short, so they that's paid for. So right. The two semesters, just like they had said the year before, that was actually true. What Houston had told me, they they're only on the hook for right two because I was a senior. For for guys that are you know high school guys, MLB actually pays for that deal, right. not your particular team. Yeah, but they'll um, do that. So the, the, so you got that part done. So we get all this done. So the the strange thing is, I'm going to get choked up. Is 
uh, I could tell Ken wasn't feeling very good. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up filling out all the paperwork. Dave Hickerson's telling me what to write and fill out all the paperwork for the contract and all that stuff. And uh, and we finished, man, he's just not feeling so good. And they're like, well, do you want to go out to dinner with us? And my girlfriend at the time, it was her birthday, June 3rd. So I was like, no, I actually got plans and all that stuff. So I don't go to dinner with Dave Hickerson and, and Ken Gonzalez. I, I go to dinner with my girlfriend and her family. Next morning, phone rings, like 6.45 in the morning. Like I said, no cell phones. And it's Dave Hickerson. And he said, uh, got some bad news for you. Uh, Ken Gonzalez died last night at a, had a heart attack in his hotel room. Wow. <laughs> like, holy shit, man. The, in, 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 in Wichita? Wichita? On the east side, yeah. At the, at the, uh, yeah and so the you're just road. a young dude. You hear that, and you're like, uh, I mean, was yeah. he was no? Man, you, you don't know the stuff, but was he was he sick? Was it totally unexpected? You just said he didn't was feel he, good. Just said he didn't feel. I mean, he was he was a bigger guy. You right. know, he's six four, probably two sixty. You know, I mean, I didn't know him that well. He was the guy that assigned Bo Jackson. You know, I knew some right, of yeah. these right. things from. I just met him the day before. But, but he was the guy that wanted to draft me, and I know he was trying to get back here to Kansas City to watch his kids play baseball, Ugh. and all. And and I'm and I'm floored, and I'm. And, I, man, I don't know. What do I do? I said, Dave, what do I do? And he's like, go pitch your ass off. Yeah, that's all you can do. You know? I mean, okay. And so on the next day, I mean, I call my mom and dad. I mean, I mean, just I'm a wreck. Like, and this is and you my You remember dude. the guy you met this who signed us? Yeah, yeah, he died. Yeah. Like, but he had just he looked at you in the eye. I mean, like you and I sitting here. And told and, you you were going to make it in the majors. He yeah, believed in you. 100%. And this was a guy that, that, that had told you he was going to draft you before. And yep. he followed through with it and gave you that, that same bonus. And this is my dude. Such an and, instrumental person in your life. And then 24 hours later, you're finding out he passed away. Not even 24 hours That's later. got to like be 12 hours incredibly later. tough for yeah. you to deal with. Because it's, it's interesting when you see these guys um you know I, i've heard the we were talking to colin snyder right when he made mm -hmm. it up like he was the first guy who his scout had ever got to the major leagues because right. they believe in you you're like their their kids right when you Absolutely. make the major leagues that's good for them so and they stay in contact with you to your so minor career so you didn't have that guy like your sponsor like right. you got to have a dude that's in your corner he's going to bat for you he's trying to i want you know like like he talked to me he wanted to draft seniors in the third round and then give him that money right Right, and it wasn't millions so you of dollars. Didn't, you but didn't have him to lean at, on through at that time. At that time, that was the highest and the most money a senior had ever gotten. They, they, ever. They didn't have to give you that because you had no. nothing to negotiate nope. with. They did not. And so you, so then, so then, how do you handle that? Uh, you got. I mean, that was my thing. It's like, man, I owe this guy. I got to work my ass off. I, I got to. I got to get to the big leagues. And motivated. Apps one hundred percent. So it's June third. So. Then they tell you where do you go. Eugene, Oregon. So like two days. Go two so days I later. go. So I'm home. I run home back to Owasso. I get to go see my little brother play Legion ball. Right. I end up sitting in the stands with Dejon Watson, who's now the player development guy for the Washington Nationals. Um, he was a scout for the Royals at the time. Actually, Brian McCray's roommate back in the minor leagues. Mm -hmm. I remember sitting him at the stands with him at the La Fortune Park in Tulsa, watching my little brother play Legion ball. And he's like, "Man, you're gonna love Eugene. Uh, that's where we played back in the day. The Emeralds, uh, the, the Eugene Emeralds. Man, just good luck." And so he knew the whole thing about King Gonzalez and. Like, man, this is crazy. And so I, I, that was it. I get on a plane the next day, and I fly to Eugene, Oregon, and meet all the dudes, the Jed Hansons, the Art Stewarts, the Brian Polberg was my manager. Like, and he was an Emporia State guy, so who knew who I was? And you met Art Stewart, like you said. So the funny, crazy Art Stewart thing is so I'm, I'm hitting fungo. You know, we're taking batting practice uh -huh. and shagging. Them. I'll tell two stories. One, Art Stewart comes up to me at the cage and says, Say, son, you got a nice sinker. And I'd lose my noodles. 
because my college pitching coach, Brent Kimnitz, used to talk like that with a whistle. Says, Sammy Sosa loves, says, safety glasses in sunny St. Louis. And so I don't know that's how Art Stewart talked. Right. Oh, my God, oh, my God, man. He's looking at me like, what is this kid yelling what at me did for? Tell, what did he tell you? I thought yeah, I was going to get, what he say, said? son, you got a nice sinker. And you know that's how Art talks. That's so. right. That's I'm, why I'm laughing so hard. <laughs> I'm thinking I'm going to get released 12 hours into my professional career because I'm making fun of our scouting director, Art Stewart, because he talks with a whistle. Um, and so then that, that same day, uh, I'm out shagging balls in the outfield, of course. My dumb ass is doing the hat backward thing. And I come running in to, to I don't know, we're going to go run poles or do whatever. And Brian Polberg walks right up and oh gets right boy. in my face. Fuck yeah. And he says, son, you need to find your fucking face. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm, I'm like what in the, the hell does that mean? Like, I don't say that out loud. Like, right. He goes, okay. yeah, I'm pretty sure the bill of your cap should cover your face. There it is. <laughs> and so I turned it around and said, yes, sir. He said, I'm pretty sure Ken Griffey Jr. earned the right to wear his hat backwards. Oh. You have not. Mm. You have not. And so that was that. So that was all, a big deal when Ken Griffey was all the height, All the college and the shenanigans was, with wearing your hat backwards and flipping it. Done. Ain't no fucking hoppy no to No more. This here. is not college baseball, so young man. This you is were professional in baseball. Eugene for a long, long time. You, you I was not. Um, so we had a good team there. We had... Tim Greaves, son of Tom, uh, Grieve. Tom Grieve and Ben Greaves' brother. Grieve. Ben was in that same league. So two high school guys were in that league, Paul Canerco and Ben Greaves, and they were good players. And we had Ben's older brother that had pitched at TCU uh, with Reed Ryan, who's Nolan Ryan's son, mm -hmm. on our team. So he was kind of the setup guy, and I was the closer. So he went like 7-0, and and then I closed games. Was this pretty new to have a guy <clears throat> who was a reliever? I mean, it, it's like uh, you no, never we had started really. college. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just closed all the way through college, right. so that, that's what that I was going to do. That was fairly rare for college even back then, wasn't it? A little it? I mean, bit, now yeah. we get a little more specialized. You a little were bit. specialized before specialized, so you go there and you know you're not doing anything except yep. relief pitching. Yeah, I'm just going to be the closer, and that was it, right out of the gate. And so I got the opportunity, and, and we were playing good, and Tim Grieve would come throw, you know, seven and eight, and I'd throw nine, and we're mowing them down and doing well. And then, uh, actually, MLB goes on strike. Right. Yeah, goes on. So we're like, what in the fuck does that mean for us? Well, right. you're, you're just, not in the union. Just keep playing. So yeah. I remember seeing Jay Buner in Bellingham watching his brother, Sean, because big league season's done. Yeah, they got nothing done. to do. They're not doing anything. So I pitch well enough. Uh, I get I get moved up. I skip Rockford, which was low A, Midwest League, and I go all the way to Eugene, uh, many, Wilmington, Delaware. How many teams are there now? There's there's like fucking seven minor league teams, and now they're, so they the got time, it down to so like yeah, nothing. So there was Omaha at the time was Memphis. Memphis. Then there was Wilmington, and then Rockford, and which then was low A, Eugene and then was, short season, which was Eugene, and then we probably back then we had a rookie ball team. We didn't have a, another rookie ball right. team. We had, we had a. So you skipped the the next one. So and you I went skipped straight to long Wilmington, Delaware. Season, low A. And, and went to the team in Wilmington that had been just lights out. I mean, they were 50 games over 500. Mike Jershley was the manager. That's Johnny Damon. That's mm -hmm. Sal Fasano. That's Sweeney had been there early in the year. I mean, that is the the pinnacle of the minor leagues, you know, group of players that's there. So you get in with that. And group. so I don't know anybody. You know, I just signed. So I remember uh, getting off the plane and, and the gal picks me up at the airport and uh, she says, uh, Mike Jersley told me not to give you a blowjob on the way to the ballpark. <laughs> <laughs> I said, what? what the hell? What? Man, did I get called up to the big leagues or I just get called up to high A? Like, this, is this is unbelievable. And so 
I get to the locker room. You know, I still have my Wichita State stuff, man. Yeah. I haven't even got any Royals gear. I've only been playing for two months. And they didn't have all the swag back no, then. No, so I show up at the ballpark, and and I don't even really know what's going on. And I walk out from the locker room and onto the field, and they're having some sort of exhibition game. I see a left-handed catcher. I'm like, what is happening? Well, it turns out one of the guys on their team uh, had been diagnosed with leukemia, so they were doing a, a benefit game that day right. uh, to try some – raise some money for uh, John Downs, I think his name was. And the guy actually catching Kevin Rowitzer, uh, to this day, 25, 30 years later, one of my best friends. But I remember meeting all the guys, meeting Mike Gershley and, and Gary Lance and and the whole crew there. And, I mean, that team's good. And they're, they're just getting ready to finish the regular season. They've already clinched going to the playoffs and all that. And I walked back in. And there's a sign on my bag that said, this isn't college anymore. Mm-hmm. And it was Steve Sisko from Cal State Fullerton, who I had played against, you know, right. and all the way through. And so they were all giving, razzing me. I don't know where I'm going to live or all this stuff. So this group of guys, Bart Evans, uh, Kevin Rowitzer, Chris Sheehan, said, yeah, you're going to live with us at Ace Deuce, Ott Deuce. And that was the number of their apartment. Right. One, two, zero, two. Yeah. And so that's that, right. that was it. So, so the Major League a- Baseball is still on strike. You yep. guys are going about your business. Do you even fucking pay attention to that stuff? Not really, not at all. Because you got to do. You're doing your deal. You're not in the union. Nope. You're, you're just you're just playing baseball. Boy, and, and being in Wilmington as good as we were, I mean, that, the regular season they finished that year. You can look this up, fact checker. We were 94 and 44 that year. That Wilmington team was uh, in 94. Wow. Uh, so I had just done a I'm full college right season now. and then signed, and I play in Eugene, and now I'm in Wilmington, and uh, we. We're like in the big leagues. There's a place called the Big Kahuna in Wilmington. Like we go there after games, you know, drinks and food. Ninety four and, and forty four. Bam, nailed, nailed it. it. Um, well, the cool thing about leaving Eugene, I knew if my last outing, if I if I put up a zero, I was I would have an ERA under one. So you kind of that in the back of your head. So I left Eugene with a point nine seven ERA. I think so you gave him a fucking run. No, I did. I okay. had given up four oh, and thirty six and a little. I got bit you of at four and zero oh there. Yeah. Yeah. And so then I go to Wilmington and. There was kind of a rule within the organization, like if you throw X amount of pitches, you're not supposed to pitch the next day. If you throw two innings, you got to sit. We were playing good, and Mike Jersley knew I had a rubber arm. So I think I, I had like seven appearances, and I got four wins and yeah. two saves in so seven appearances. Like we, stats up. Well, yeah, I mean, it wasn't that I would go spit the bit and, and vulture a win. Like yeah. I'd come in with the game tied or us behind, and we'd come back and win. And then we – I think we played Winston-Salem. And we swept them. I'm on the mound when we win it. Had you had any arm problems to uh, this little point? Bit, my, uh, I had a little little bit of a tweaker my, my sophomore year. You know, I had to sit out a little bit. But at this point, not really. Huh? So I'll tell you this. At this time, when uh, – when so I'm, at, I'm, a, I'm a couple years older than you, but not much older. And I'm working in uh, – in 94, I finally got a full-time job at Channel 4, but in the, on the, you'd get the star on Sunday, and that would be the minor league report. You never saw fucking stats anywhere. Right. And we would always see, uh, oh, here's this fucking guy down here. This guy is stolen up saves. He's doing this shit, this fucking bluma. So it goes into the next year. Down too, on right? the farm. Down on the farm. In the, the fucking newspaper. farm report. So I remember my buddy Lance and I, we'd look at this and say, this fucking bluma. I know, we don't know anything because right. you never see a highlight. You don't know shit about nothing, but you see these stats coming through. This guy's ERA is under fucking one is this going to be the guy who's going to come up here and do this so did you get a feeling anywhere that the organization is happy sad fans know because this is before social media this is not nobody you're just down there in your anonymity you just go play man that was the great thing and to go from a college program that i had been at with success and you roll right into 94 and 44 and you put 
just what I'm used to, man. Like, this is unbelievable. How do I walk into this situation where, I mean, I'm already in high A. I just signed. And I, one of the things that kind of worked in my favor is I was a senior. So no reason to keep me in rookie ball for very long because I'm probably a year older. You know, I'm already 22. And so that, that helped. Obviously, pitching good helps more than anything. So you're done now. You get your first break since when? I mean, you've been the college season started. At- yeah, so I'm so we finish up out there, and you know, I, I go back to Wichita. And, and well, now one you get funny to re- story. I will tell you a funny story from from uh, Eugene. So I remember the first time we're playing in Spokane, the home of John Stockton. Mm-hmm. We went to his bar. His parents owned a bar there. And oh yeah, Stockton. My best. Did everyone have short college, shorts on there? Shane Dennis had pitched at Wichita State. He was pitching for Spokane with Mark Marilyn and some other guys, and so we're out having beers. And the next day. I'm pitching, and George Brett is there to come watch the minor league guys. Mm-hmm. You know, so I come in to close the game. He had just retired. He had just retired the year yeah. before, yeah. And so he's walking around. His brothers, Ken, mm-hmm. owned Spokane. Yeah, they own the minor league. Absolutely. Team. Right. So that's why he's there, and he's in the dugout. And you know, obviously, we had um, Brian Polberg was our manager, and so I come in to close the game against Spokane. And at the time, I didn't wear a cup when I pitched. Mm-hmm. That's dumb. And I tell my all the kids that I teach now that I was really dumb. So last out of the game, guy hits a two hopper, hits me right in the nuts. I mean, crushes me. <laughs> Throw the guy out at first base. <laughs> I don't even stay on the field to sh- high five, man. And it's from here to like two buildings over to, to the get locker your nuts room. Back. To get to the <laughs> locker room, and I'm throwing up in the bathroom oh. on the ground. Well, you got you good. Oh man, it, it awful. I thought I was going to die. Well, George thought I was a prick because I didn't shake everybody's hands and high five oh, everybody. He doesn't like that shit. Then he finds out that I got hit in the nuts. And then he thinks you're stupid. (laughs) And I'm in the, you know, I'm in there throwing up in the locker room and all that stuff. So that was the, the, you know. What did he say? First time I get to meet George Brett, and then I'm a, thinks I'm a complete asshole. Did he address it? Did he, did he talk to you? Well, I mean, obviously, he's in there when I'm throwing up. He realized I got hit. And then he said, you should wear a cup, son. Yeah, you dumbass. Why aren't you wearing a cup when you're pitching? So I wore one every time since. So tell me about this offseason, because now, I mean, the, the story of baseball is there's still nothing fucking done. With with uh, with major leagues, so right. they, that that goes through and turns into from a strike to a lockout. They actually hired scab players. Okay, so to go to spring training. Yes, did they so, approach you about this? So fast forward to spring training. So mm-hmm. I go home and I do all you know, I, I, normal workout routine that I do when I was in college. I'm going to do the same thing in preparation for spring, spring training in Florida. Now this yep. is not surprise. Yep. Baseball, this, sh- this baseball, baseball shitty. shitty. Yeah, baseball <laughs> shitty. I've never <laughs> been to a place that's got three towns like Haines City. Haines City. City, baseball City, City, and Davenport. Yeah, all of it were like there. You could, you could send where mail were you to standing? all three of those. You didn't know where you were. Right. Yeah. I liked it down there. I went there with Danny Clingsfield one Walk year. Boardwalk baseball. Yeah. So I had, played, I had played at Boardwalk and baseball when I was in high school. We played in a tournament down there when the when the theme park was still open. It was open, actually working, yeah. And we played against Westminster Christian. So mm-hmm. we played against Alex Rodriguez at the Royals you Stadium. You faced him? We did, uh, we did, yeah. Did yeah. you face him? You put uh, him down? Yeah, we, we got him out. We actually beat them and a team from Tuscaloosa. Um, Turns out he rebounded. Well, then they had turf. It was turf back then in in Baseball City. So it was cool to have to go back. Man, I'd already played here. Yeah, I know this place. They were a little bit forward thinking back then. There was a dorm for the minor league guys. So we go to spring training, you know. So big league teams on strike. So my first spring training, I'm not going to big league camp or anything because I just signed. So we go to camp and we're in the dorms, minor leagues. I'm living with Tim Grieve and Toby Smith from Wichita State and just doing our things in minor league camp. We're, you know, we're not real concerned. About. There's no games yet. They're just you're just doing <coughs> PFP. Yeah, just practice yeah, yeah. and all that, playing against inner squad against right. each other and all that stuff. And meanwhile, here they come to ask, will you come 
cross and be a scab. Now, who is it that's, yeah. that's going to ask? Who does the ask? Who's in this group? Uh, they didn't ever ask. Uh, we were actually pretty lucky with the Royals. So, uh, I, I know who, who – maybe it was Bob Hegman back then. Yeah. Or, or J, maybe Jay Hendricks that were – Because this was, was an odd time, It was time Herc too. Robinson was the GM He was the, the GM, yep. And so, I, I didn't – we weren't in big league camp. And so we kind of got left alone, except for, man, they needed, they needed players. And we'll offer you X amount of dollars to come play. And so, you know, we're not going to say, yeah, we didn't really know what to do. Well, this is a weird the nice time, thing was, remember Royals... Dennis Rasmussen and Keith Miller? Right. Those guys were minor league camp guys as well. So they helped us young guys out to be like, hey, man, don't, Watch don't this do shit. So he said, we need you. Uh, to go to this union meeting in Tampa, you young prospects. So it was myself and Billy Wagner and Alan Bennis, you know, and all some of the college high picks, mm -hmm. Brooks Kieschnick, you know, some of us that are down there in Florida, we need to go sit in on this union meeting to understand what, what, what the, what's guys, at stake here for, for when you guys do make it to the major leagues and listen to what they have to say. The Royals at this point, Mr. K had passed away, right? So this was when they were getting, they were owned by a committee of people. So that was the weird part. Like they probably didn't have well, a real we, central we as minor thing. league guys, didn't we know didn't know shit. anything about yeah, any so of this like, stuff. I don't know how they would come approach you. I just remember at, during spring training, um, we had sent at channel four Keatsman was down there in Florida and we're like, when when they they were they were going to fucking play games with, with scab players and yes. it was like are they going to go to Baltimore are they going to come back he was sitting in an airport in at Atlanta going which way do I go I don't know where to go follow right. this fucking right. story so you go to this meeting you get told this so we stuff. go to this meeting and man we've got you've got Cecil Fielder and you've got Todd Stottlemyre and Norm Charlton bummed to dip off me I thought that was the coolest thing that had ever happened <laughs> to me in my life intimidating I got Norm, guys yeah, right Norm there. Charlton Rob Dibble and you got the nasty boys getting dipped and, you, and, and I'm telling you Todd Stottlemyre ripped our asses like you motherfucker if you cross, your parents won't even talk to you anymore, and you do not. We are the strongest union, and man, I'm looking at Alan Benison, but like, fuck, yeah, okay. But well, now that I know, like, so so tell me if I'm wrong. They, you were, you guys were were top prospects that were headed to the majors. They targeted some guys that maybe weren't going to make it to the majors. Correct. And this maybe would be their only chance to make it to the majors, so they took some guys that wouldn't have to face the music like you would had you crossed the line, right? Correct, correct. So we were lucky as Royals players that I had heard from the Houston guys and the Cincinnati guys, if they ask you to come cross and you said no, you got sent home. So Billy Wagner, home. Aaron Boone, who was with the Reds at the time, home. You just, but you guys had a future. Oh, you were you, right. So we just we were lucky right. as Royals guys. We got to continue our business and do minor league mm -hmm. camp. Some of those guys did not. Mm -hmm. um, we had a bunch of guys cross. I mean, the minor league guys that I had played with. I mean, they had to look at themselves in the mirror and be like, "Man, am I really going to make it to the big leagues, or do I take this? Whatever it was, twenty five thousand dollars or fifty thousand dollars." And, and your only chance to make it to the majors, maybe. And they right, had right. some minor league scab games, right? Spring training. No oh, one, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So they were yeah, doing absolutely. those. And then yeah. they, and that's when they were going to say, all right, we're going to start we're the season. We're going to start the season with replacement and players. Then the, and then everyone said, all right, well, fucking let's hold on. Let's not do that. Yeah. And then it got done. And then it got done. And then they, they extended spring training with actual, like, Major League spring training for a minute, right? So, yeah. And some of those guys, a, a, a good percentage of those guys that had been scabs are now in the minor league systems. 
Right. You know, I mean, we had some guys, Jeff Grotewald. And, and they all had a and, scarlet uh, letter on Who were some other names? Uh, I'm trying to think. You know the, who the, the Joel Goldberg for the Anaheim Angels, uh, Moda? Okay. He, he, he had crossed. So how were they treated once everything got back together? Not good. I mean, I remember the next year, you know, when, when we were getting somebody, uh, you know, we just we, – I think the Royals ended up having more of those guys cross, end up getting called up during the year than any other organization. I think we Edgar Caceres was one, uh, Moda. I think maybe Grotewald got a little bit of big league time that summer. I'd have to go back and look. I mean, that was the summer of 90. 95 right and see who was at the major league but they level. got treated like shit they got treated they like could shit never at be the in the league. union they That's got treated like shit at the big league level i mean I, it's my first i'm i was happy to make our double a team right my first spring training i'm in double a which and they had that moved a, that they did so yeah. they had switched so memphis had been their double a team and they left memphis and, and go to wichita where? so now I this guy's back in wichita and ass out of wichita <laughs> So I don't even really move out of my apartment there on 21st and Woodlawn. And I ended up staying with uh, Johnny Damon and uh, Jeff Granger, I think, and Sal Fasano and Kevin Routes. I remember Ken Ray. Ken Ray, those mm-hmm. were all my roommates in Wichita. And so it was bizarre to just go right back to Wichita and play at Lawrence Dumont Stadium I downtown. can't get away. Can't get away. I uh, was on the cover of the program for the Wichita Wranglers, me and George Brett, on the cover of the Wichita Wranglers program. Welcome back to Wichita, That's Blue. Right. Like, you got to be shitting me so, so of clear, all places. Clearly, this is going to be a two-episode, okay, So we're because <laughs> we're still in the minors. So get me closer to when you're actually going to get called up to the majors. So uh, pitch well in 95, that, that year ends up going. I finished the year in Omaha, uh, so that's good. And then I start 96. Uh Still don't go to big league camp. I mean, even though as well as I pitched in double-A and triple-A, I'm not a roster guy yet because it's only my second full year. I was hoping to get a non-roster invite to big league camp. I did not. Uh, so, 96, you know, I go to minor league camp just like everybody else. It's still Baseball City. Still Baseball City. Baseball Same thing. City. Um, yeah. So, I ended up making the Omaha team. So, now, you know, now I know all the guys and we're going to have a pretty good team and the Joe Videos and the Joe Randos and at least a lot of guys that have big league time, you know, are in triple-A. So, you, you kind of get that. And I'm still a young guy. I'm 24. Um, and so go to Omaha, and I mean, I'm pitching, pitching well. I mean, I'm doing a good thing. And it, the, the, the crazy thing, finishing 95 in Omaha and then starting 96 in Omaha, I'm used to pitching in Omaha at the College World Series. You know, 20,000 people right. uh, at the games in Omaha. And then not the you know, same the end atmosphere. In the 95, there's 2,500 people at the game in Omaha. Maybe. So that was, yeah, if you're lucky. The only night that they ever had that was busy was fireworks, you know, right. 4th of July. That was busy. So it was a, a little bit of a transition to, to pitch at Rosenblatt Stadium uh, without the pomp and circumstance that the College World Series has. Uh, but it was comfortable because I'd pitched there before. So Did uh, you guys ever go over to the zoo? Oh, right zoo's there. awesome. I mean, you I go I, over there. Yeah, all little, the time. I, it was couple, hoppy there. I gave a couple home run balls that are probably still in the zoo. <laughs> so this is right there. Oh yeah, it's right there. Well, that's why they tore Lawrence Dumont or uh, Rosenblatt Stadium down. Imminent more do- zoo. Imminent domain. It's a shame. Yeah, too. that was a great stadium. It right was there. a great stadium. I've still not been to the new stadium. So there's two of them. Right, that's There's another. A that's a, and that's a, for another so, podcast. So '96, you're so pitching 96, well. I'm thinking I'm leading the. Leading the league in saves. I think I got 25 saves. In the Back then, it was the American Association. This is when we're really getting hot and heavy on that fucking farm report in the Star yep. on Sundays. Right. This guy is putting saves up. You're so, knocking on the door. Knocking on the door. Um, uh, I remember the Roven Minor League. Jerry Cram, I think, was our Roven Minor League pitching coach. And, and Mike Alvarez was our AAA pitching coach. Again, I have Mike Jershley and Gary Lance. And, and I remember them coming down. I was a, a two-seam guy. 
and a slider guy. You know, not a bunch of change-ups and all that stuff, but I threw a lot of strikes, didn't strike out a ton of guys, and was successful closing. So the concern was I didn't throw that many change-ups, so what off-speed do I have other than a slider to get lefties out? So I remember one week the Broven minor league guy comes and says, all right, here's the deal. Every lefty that you face, you have to throw a change-up every pitch, regardless of the outcome. Like, I think it was a test. Are you going to be coachable? You know, are you going to do this, do that, do that? And that's one of the balls that's still in the zoo. <laughs> a change up to Jesse Levis, the catcher from Buffalo. Made a killed an orangutan with the ball. He, but you know what? A week later, I get called up. So, so how do you find out? Yeah. Give so us we're that. in Indy. Uh, we're in Indianapolis on the road. They did it on Snapchat. No, there's no well, shit, man. And we barely even had, I don't even know if I had a cell phone. You didn't get a cell then. phone then? One of the things, I had a laptop. I was one of the few oh, guys that shit. had a laptop. Weighed and 400 pounds. AOL, and you had to plug into the. Th- yeah. Right. But I had an external CD ROM burner. This so you could burn. Is high tech. Oh, my God. Napster was the deal, man. So I had all the music. <laughs> LimeWire? I would act. It was before LimeWire. This mm-hmm. was just Napster. Straight Napster. So I would rent my computer. I would go out drinking and doing whatever and. But those partying, stories coming. Because I'm. That's yes. what I did, and I would rent out my Computer external summer. hard drive for people yes. to make mix CDs. You know, like go do that shit. But so you're sitting there. What day? What day did you get called up? Where I can't even remember what the day of the you're week. You're home or away? We're on the road in Indianapolis. Okay, and I happened to be in my room, and that was the funny story. Mike Jersley <laughs> called me. He's like, "Holy shit, man! You're right. actually in your room." Uh, you're on the big leagues, kid. Like, shut the front door. So you door. get it on the phone. Yeah. So Jersh calls me in my room from his room. He's like, pack your shit. Got to get to the ballpark and get all your stuff. Uh, you're on a 6 o'clock out of here to Anaheim. Like, oh, wow. Yes, man. Indianapolis to Anaheim. Indianapolis to Anaheim. So, I, you know, I got to meet up with the clubby and go to the ballpark and get all my stuff. And now, I'm, you know, I'm on the phone. My, I got, I mean, my phone card is out. You know, I don't have any more minutes on my phone card. So I'm trying to get a hold of my parents, you know, and, and uh, no sleep. I get up and. Fly to Anaheim, and I get a cab to the ballpark. I remember they dropped me off outside the right field line. They were doing construction on all the stuff that you now see in Anaheim. Yeah, the you know, rock waterfalls thing, and rocks all and all that shit back then. Under construction. Um, so I, here I am with my luggage walking in. It ends up being the visiting bullpen, but that gate out the back goes all the way to the parking lot. You don't even know where to go. I'm I don't like, barely even know where to go, you know. How so, do I get in this motherfucker? So I'm with my luggage and my, we call it a horse blanket, you know, our sport coat, which yeah. probably isn't nice enough for the big leagues. <laughs> but it's what I got in Omaha. And So you and flew I, commercial out there. So Yeah, so fly commercial and, and the, you know, guy holding the sign at the airport, you know. Oh, you, had, here, you had a little driver go. guy oh, yeah, to get yeah, some of yeah. Nice. So, and so here I am walking down the right field line. With my luggage, straight my to the ballpark. Shit. Yeah, and and so I know Todd Green with the Angels, and I know Mike Holtz because I played against those guys in college, and they're rookies, and they had just gotten called up, and they're like, "Hey, all this stuff." So I don't know most of the guys on the big league team because you haven't because been in I haven't even camp. been to big league camp yet. You know, the only guys that I know in the big leagues are the guys that had been in Omaha, and so I get there. Who's up there? John, you I know, Johnny Damon's there, right? He's up. Johnny's up. And you had played with him? Uh, yeah, a little bit. A. I think Randa was up at Randa's the time. up. I think Vidiello was probably up You and walk down. in the clubhouse. And so I walk in the clubhouse, and, you know, I just, nice to meet you, Bob Boone. Yeah. Holy shit. Uh, come to my office, son. So, Bob, what did Bob Boone tell you in his office? Bob Boone says, all right, here's the deal. Bip Roberts was on the team at this Leon time. Bip Roberts. Yeah, Leon Bip Roberts. And so, Interesting person. So we had a couple pitchers, uh, Julio Valera and another, Tim Pugh, I think, at the time. And, and Bob's trying to explain it. Coach... Boone is trying to explain to me that there was some roster snafu and we 
one of these two guys is maybe going to get sent down, but it's all predicated on if Bip Roberts goes on the DL or doesn't go on the DL. <laughs> like, if Bip Roberts goes on the DL, you will stay and you will be active. If Bip Roberts does not go on the DL, you're going back. You're going back to Indy tomorrow. Oh, shit. Like, shit, shit, man. What the fire is going on here? And so, okay. That's it. So, so they'll make the determination. What do you do? You got like an hour? BP, you know, oh. I got to go, you know, go do the things. And oh so, my God. And it, as you know, just like I do, Pip Roberts was notorious for right. being hurt and taking yeah. himself yeah. out of a there World Series it. game. Yeah. I didn't know any of this at the time. but Bip Good goes, chance you were making it. I didn't realize that. Right. But looking back 25 years later, like, yeah. So Bip goes on the DL. All right, you're at You're a major league. You're, ma- you're, you're, you're here. No matter you what, you fucking got a today. day. You're here you're, today. Yeah. And so go, you know. So the the other pitchers, you know, it was Tim Belcher and Jeff Montgomery and Mike Magnante and Hippolito yeah. Pichardo Mags. and that whole crew and Monty's awesome. And so I'm the the newest rookie. So like, hey Bloom, since you're the new guy, uh, you are going to go in a cow milking contest at home plate versus Mike Holtz, the rookie for the Angels. They like, had a cow uh, milking contest. So they had a cow. Anaheim. They had two cows at home plate. What the fuck? It was like a minor league fucking deal. Like right. what the hell's going this on is here? Fucking Los Angeles. And so here I am sitting on a you know sitting on the wooden <laughs> thing with a wooden bucket and, and I, at least I knew I, I'd been around a farm with yeah. my Ben. You got that. Teat. So I'm doing and so Mike Holtz. I know he's a redneck too. Yeah. So like shit, man. It's a contest. So and my cow kicks over and, and spills all of them and I lose. Fucking oh. bitch. Fucking cow. Utterly so, ridiculous. Utterly terrible. <laughs> and so, so I lose the cow milk and contact. There's Mike a photograph of this, I hope, somewhere. I Maybe. Oh, Jesus I don't even know. Nobody had cell phone cameras Yeah, back but that's, so, a, that's, a, that's an AP Somebody photo. in the archives of Anaheim Angels. Well, it was the Los... It was... Uh, Los, and it was just the Anaheim California Angels. California Angels, Angels yeah. back so then. So this, this is a great point. To, we'll, we'll halt episode one. You're okay. in the majors, and you just Lost milk, cow, a, milk, milk a fucking cow. Yeah. And then we'll pick up to when you make your debut and then get in some stories. And the, uh, there's a can few. we do the next segment? I mean, the next uh, episode next week. We you can, ain't leaving, are you? You come back. Yeah. You know, oh, okay, but, but, yeah. but what we'll do here is we'll end this first episode with a story. And just and It won't be chronological. Just a story that I think will, will be entertaining for the, for the viewer and listener. Let's talk about this fucking finger. Oh, so let's talk about this finger. So now again, we're gonna pause where Bluma has been called up to the majors and he's just milked a cow. Now we fast forward, <laughs> and you were you were a regular guest on the show by the time <coughs> this happened. And we'll get back and pick up next episode after he milks a cow and and <laughs> gets gets on the, the major side of things. What the fuck happened with this finger? Right. So just take us through the, every detail of this. Can we see this? this? I mean, uh, hold it like hold right it right in front of this, front of this or, yeah. you know, that's a nub. Yeah. That is a fingernail actually growing out of the end of it. And we have the picture. He's going to yeah. so that we should be showing uh, the picture right now of, of what's Ben's got that. What's left of the so of the other I was part of your employed finger. at 68 Inside Sports. Okay. Uh, we have indoor batting cages. You know, obviously they're they're Quite a ways up there. Yeah. Uh, what happens sometimes because the netting was going was getting old, uh, there would get holes in the nets and the balls would shoot through the holes and it was breaking the lights above. So at some point we have to fix all the lights. Sure. And so to do that you have to go and cut the net and and blouse it down. You know so you can get a zip lift up to fix the light. So we had hmm. we're in the process of cutting that net to blouse you know to to fold it down so we can get so. We've done that. Who thought this was a good idea to have you do this? 
I worked there. I was the. I mean, <laughs> okay. who else was there going to do it? I, mean, I thought maybe there's a blousing, net blousing. No, no. Leva wanted you to send so some I, kids up no, there to do no, this. Shit, no, we, you know. Okay, so you're up there. So myself and this guy can milk a cow. He can raise the net. Our HVAC uh, electrician guy, Sean Darling, I actually saw him last night. Sean's there. He's up on the zip lift, mm-hmm. fixing the lights. You know the things, big lights. And I'm up oh. on the on the extension ladder. On an aircraft cable, you know, that the net is is clipped to. How high up? I'm 18 feet. Okay. 18 feet with no safety harness or anything like that. I've done this a gajillion times, you know, to put zip ties in to to, to do the whole. So I'm up there on the top, and I'm zip tying the thing back together, and and the, the ladder slips off the cable. Oh, no. And I said, holy shit. And so in that instance, I have never been part of something that's a thousand miles an hour mm-hmm. and slow motion same time. at the exact same time. Right. And, I, and I'm like, if, if I fall with the ladder like this, I'm, I'm maybe break my neck, probably break both my arms. You're I'm going to fall on the ladder. I'm, I'm, I'm death is imminent. Okay. Uh, and I try to think quick to the only thing I can think of is if I quick reach up and try to grab a hold of that the cable, cable it'll and hold maybe you. the entire system kind of c- goes collapsing But it slows you down or something. something. Yeah. something. Like a comfy net. <laughs> something. And so I reach up there, and I reach for the cable. Next thing I know, I'm falling straight, straight up and down mm-hmm. instead of falling forward like, you know, I'm going to fall on the ladder. Okay. And my feet hit the ground, my knees buckle, and my face hits the ground. And so now I, I'm, I'm down. And... I stand up, and I'm not paralyzed. Right. Yeah, all right. I'm, I'm like, I'm okay. And I, I knew I had done something, and my, my foot's all kind of fucked up looking. I don't know what direction. It's kind of right. uh, something's wrong with my right You want to see some feet pictures. So, I'm, got so mm-hmm. I'm looking down at my foot, and as I look down at my foot, my finger's gone. <laughs> like, my finger's gone. Like, the, so it's just white bone and oh, blood squirting, squirting out of the out end. Of there. Like, no finger. The end of it's gone. Like, oh, shit. And you so, look down, you see bone, blood bone shooting blood. out. <laughs> It was like a no. cartoon, you know, yeah. like like on television. But but was it? Were you in shock? Did it hurt real bad? Or no, you just, I okay. didn't feel. I hadn't felt it at all. I didn't even know I had done that to my finger. I was worried right. about my foot. So you in my nose because I'd hit my face on the ground, you know. But yeah. what? So what the fuck? What happened? Like, what, what the fuck the, happened? So to your finger? I fuck. I didn't know at the time, and so I quick go like this. Direct and, pressure. Yeah. yeah. And so somebody goes, grabs a bag of ice. I walk out of the batting cages and sit down in a chair. They call 911. That's right. And so that they come get me, put me in a neck brace, put me in a body board. I mean, they don't know if I have internal injuries. They don't right. know if I've ruptured a kid. You know, I have no idea. And so Overland Park Regional, you know, they're on Quivera and 435. You took an ambulance ride. Yeah. Fuck and yes. so I, I have a picture, and I'll find it. I'll, I'll have to send it to you. Uh, I took a selfie in the ambulance, you know, because I had to get a hold of my mom and dad. And so my buddy Shane Cordes, you guys know Shane Cordes. So to this day, when I call Shane Cordes, that's the picture that comes up on his phone. So every time Shane answers the phone, he's laughing hysterically, and I forget uh, why. There's your dumbass he's got the, the picture mean and neck brace, bloody face in the, you know, in the ambulance. Um, and so. Who found the finger? So it ended up being underneath the ladder. Okay. They found it about a half an hour later. I think it was probably Charlie and, and Sean Darling and, and Kathy that works over at 68. But they were looking for the finger yeah. and they find Maybe the they finger. They attach it and they get it and they get it to the hospital and they're like, no, it's contaminated. You know, we can't. Fucking dirty we, finger. We had dirty How much finger. of the finger are we talking about here? Just the. Uh, just so, the tip. so, just on, the tip. so on this, uh, if you can see it in the camera, so on this side of my finger, it tore all the way down to that, that knuckle. 
on the other side, it took my nail off uh -huh. and right above that. So you can see in the pictures as Ben puts it up, the, the amount of skin on one side versus just the nail on the other side. So they get to work with a little plastic so, surgery? Oh. Yeah, so the next day. So anyway, that was the most pain was that night because I got to wait and have surgery the next day. And I'm like, well, you know, what are we going to do with surgery on my finger? So what they did was they ended up taking a skin graft right. from the inside of my right forearm uh -huh. and, you know, put a flat put a little skin. wrap on there. And I said, you know, I said, why, why there? And the guy said, no hair. Oh. oh, I said, oh, man, that would have been awesome if I had a <laughs> Sasquatch finger. finger. Yeah, like, <laughs> like a Sasquatch finger. So so they do the skin graft, all that stuff, and the healing begins. And thank God it's, I can tell yeah. the skin the skin graft takes. And, man, but about two, two and a half, three weeks in, the end of my finger is killing me. Like, what the fuck, Doc? And I go back in there, and Doc's like, that's that nail. It's going to come out. Trying to come through. He's like, dude, nails are so, nail beds are so bizarre. He's like... You never know. You I mean obviously you ripped your entire nail off because I've seen. But there's it. a little seed. Down so in there. I have the finger in my. It's in a specimen jar in my freezer to it, this day. You have the finger I still do. in a jar in your freezer. Yes, I do. Can and you send a picture of that when you get home so we could post that? I, I think that? he's. Yeah, I mean okay, I can. Good. It could Very be on the good. screen right now. Okay, good. So That's you right. got to clip on. that thing. Yeah, I do. I got to clip it. So is that? Let's see. What kind of nail? What, what are we talking about here? It's like just a little, little fingernail. Yeah, a little. Like a little scratcher, like a little toe, you know, like a little. <laughs> you, you, have a little you have a little tap yeah, hold on, tap. Hold on. There you go. Oh, shh, shh, shh. So, but, it, but is it like a stylus for your phone? Does it work that no, way? No, it's not. it doesn't have it the juice not. in it, man. And I can't really feel anything on this side of my finger. So every once now, in a while, I mean, I'll can get you a throw some special it. pitches. So now I throw like a spike curveball, yeah. like a like a knuckle curve with just one finger behind it, and it get pretty good. I had a pretty good knuckleball at the time, uh, but now I don't because I can't. I can't really. So right. That, that wouldn't have helped your pitching career. No, that would have been. I mean, Bob Wickman, you remember Bob Wickman? Sure. Wickman was missing part of one finger. That's why I had a really good cutter. Antonio but was, Alfonseca yeah, had, had, six, had six, six fingers. Six. Actually, I tried to text in the so other day. You, you guys got, couldn't figure that out on your if you're, uh, on your thing. I wasn't quick enough to the drop. So, you know, baseball players are known for scratching their balls. Is that is that help you scratch your balls or is that because yeah, I can watch that nail? That looks like yeah, a little scratcher though. So, I mean, that, could, that, you know, that, the thing is, is get in a, there. It's a great tool when I'm doing camps. <laughs> if kids, if you want the wet willy, oh yeah, oh, with the nub, God, they straighten fuck. up. Yeah, they straighten right. up because you don't want that little get the nail little in there nubber, too. The narwhal, man. <laughs> but if you found narwhal. any use for it, that you do something you couldn't do before with this unique. Scratcher. I mean, the shocker is now tapered. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. There oh, my fucking. That's why you, it's a podcast. So, why do you yeah. still have that fucking uh, the so, finger? Do you, is there plans mine, for that? I mean, I, mean, I, mean, so well, I don't the, know. The, the most recent thing is I have a good friend, and you've been to Bloomapalooza where we make the bottle cap art out. He has a circular uh, globe that we are going to put it, put it in, in acrylic. Oh, yeah. Acrylic. You could just have an acrylic yeah. in there. And so. You guys that like your bourbon, you have the one large right. ice cube. Maybe I'd throw that. Cube. Yeah. Maybe you're drinking your. That's you a good drink. And you look at <laughs> the There's my finger. You know, like when we were kids in the comic yeah, yeah. books where you get a fly and right. a sure. square ice cube. When you oh, yeah. Oh, there's a fucking fly in my yeah, drink. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is going to be my finger inside of acrylic globe. There's a lot of good Not ideas globe, there. Right. But yeah, we're, we're, that will, we will get that. That would be done. good, too. A snow globe. But the snow thing is, I have to. And Emily's like, hey, I have to get it out and I have to let it thaw out and dry. Before right, it we goes put it in the acrylic. acrylic. So I'm I'm not sure exactly what color is it in now. What, what's it look like? It's now? nasty looking. I mean, you can not see not great, not great. No, um, I mean there there it is. Let's see, let me take a look at this. 
Oh, it's not great. It didn't look like a finger. Oh, fuck. So that's oh, the nail. Right oh, so that's the nail right there with the ice crystals on it. Does oh, it still have some netting in it? So there's some backside. Oh, you can see. You can actually see. I got it. I got yeah, it. You can yeah. See, uh, the oh, that, that looks good there. Yeah, there's the skin on the That's other reasonable. Side. I mean, that, yeah. So so you don't have a fingerprint now on that uh, middle finger. I do not. You can commit some crimes. That's, yeah. that's his crime finger. That's right. Yeah, that's the... Wet Willie with the, okay, so, Willy so, with the narwhal. So we'll break for this episode. Next episode, you come back. Well, I got other, we, many other injuries to talk about. Yeah, we, we, know we about got the blown knee, we haven't even gotten Achilles, Achilles. You, you're saving someone's life. Oh, man. We got all kinds of shit. And then we'll shit. get into the majors and everything else. But before we let you go, promote Bloomapalooza and your charity endeavors, because that's what you're known for now in Kansas City. And we want to take every opportunity to tell people about that. So where can people find out more about Red, White, and Bluma? So Red, White, and Bluma is my actual uh, 501c. You can go to redwhiteandbluma.org, or you can go to bloomapalooza.com. That is actually the event uh, that I have every September 24th this year, 2022. Bloomapalooza is a uh, concert slash uh, auction slash raffle slash food trucks slash drinking party slash uh, booing us on stage slash, slash all sorts <laughs> of stuff. I've been fortunate enough to be able to do uh, Red, White, and Bluma. It's been around for nine years. Uh, this will be the ninth installation of Baluma Palooza. We have raised three hundred and sixty thousand uh, dollars with the sole intention of give it away. And uh, I try to support a lot of local uh, national military organizations. Folds of Honor being the first uh, Veterans Community Project, War Horses for Veterans, uh, Warriors Ascent and other local Kansas City uh, charities. I mean, ALS is one that's near that's right. and dear to your heart. Live Like Luke is another one uh, here in town. Variety, Kansas City, uh, they help kids with mobility issues and on and on and on. So I, I, with the sole intention of just giving that money away to people that need it. And, w and where do you give lessons now? So I give lessons at Home Field. Uh, home Field, we have a couple locations. We're in, uh, in Olathe. What used to be Benchmark Furniture is now our Olathe location, 2115 East Kansas City Road. Do they ever ask you to blouse the net? No, go no. Fix I have the no lights? ladders no. for me anymore. If you'd no. like a wet willy from Bluma. So you can, you can check us out at homefieldkc.com. The neat thing moving forward uh, is we are the organization that is developing the site that used to be Schlitterbahn out in the Legends. Mm -hmm. That is going to be a youth sports destination. Oh, that'll a be A full good. complex. We're going to have a Margaritaville Hotel. There's going to be indoor, outdoor training facilities, uh, fields, and all that stuff. I mean, that's a $650 million-plus project uh, moving forward. I think we broke ground recently and, uh, you know, looking for all that to get going over. There. And we also have a facility on 435 and Bannister across from Home Depot. So, a lot of volleyball and stuff over there, too. Next week, we'll pick up after you milk the cow, and now you're a major leaguer, and we'll go from there. Bob Boone stories. And we'll talk Bob Boone stories and more, stories, more Bluma injuries. Chili Davis stories. But mm. nothing will match the the finger, the finger, the old finger trick that uh, Bluma can do. That's Jamie Bluma. That's Todd Lebo. Until episode two with Jamie Bluma, the microphone is off.